Hello, and welcome to the Aaron Evans Podcast. This podcast is devoted to people who want to love, listen, and live a little better. I'll be sharing my musings as a life coach, a mother, a yogi, an entrepreneur, and I'll be interviewing some of the most inspiring people that I know that are leaving the world a little better than how they found it. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. If you want to stay in touch, you can follow me on Instagram at Aaron underscore Evans. Buckle up and thank you for tuning in. There is a time that you need to understand when it's yours to say yes, when it's yours to say no, and when life is saying pause. And if you don't understand that, you will not understand how to navigate life. You'll be looking for someone to give you answers. You'll be looking for your mentor. You'll be looking for your guru. And they will have the power. They will have your answers. You will have lost your GPS. But if we as a culture can start to come back to our inner wisdom, which is our knowing, our yes, our no, our pause, we can navigate almost anything. I am so honored to be sitting with my next guest. This woman has been a lifeline for me over the past eight years. Last year, I had a car accident, and I know she books out like a year in advance, and I called her and asked, hey, uh, do you think you could see me? And she transported her huge massage table all the way to Banff to have a session with me. Rose is hard to put into words because it dilutes her, her essence. She has the most sparkly blue eyes, And when you're around her, you feel more at ease and more loving. So it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Rose Reader. Thanks, Erin. It's nice to be here with you and to speak to um, the topic of live, love, and listen better. Rosie, tell me a little bit about you. Wow, um, that's, that's a big topic that could take the entire hour, <laughs> but um, I will say that um, I have many facets, but the facet that we're speaking of today would be the healing um, journey that I have taken and what I have um, been asked to give back to the life, to the universe, and to others. And um, who I am is a mother, a sister, a daughter. Uh, a friend, uh, a healer, and I've been doing healing work um, probably my whole life, but since I understand it and have been educated in it probably the last 16 years. Uh, I work with craniosacral, somatoemotional release, reflexology, lymph drainage, in, um, and immune responses, you name it, uh, whatever tool I have in my box, I will listen to the body and use it. Beautiful, in a nutshell. In a nutshell. And tell me what drew you to the line of healing. Um, I'm not sure that I was drawn or I was pushed. Mm. So I, I'm going to say that I was probably hit with it in that um, I'd had a really bad car accident when I was 18 years old and um, it never uh, was untwisted. And as a result, when I was about 28, 29, I started having migraine headaches every day for almost four years on top of postpartum depression because my body could not contain all the injuries that I'd had. So lucky for me, I had um, 
one of my daughter's teachers who had said, um, hey, I think you know your daughter might benefit from going to see this person because it looks like she has ADD, ADHD, and he turned out to be a chiropractor that practiced cranial sacral therapy. I had been to every person I could think of to help me with my migraines, but we ended up on his doorstep, and within one session, he was able to assist my daughter, and I had said to him, man, I wish I, you could do the same for me. And within two sessions, I've never had a migraine again, and a lot of the depression and um, extending situations uh, just seemed to fall away after two sessions. And I was like, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to learn. And that led me down cranial, which then blossomed into the somato-emotional work that I do do with individuals. Beautiful. And a lot of the work that you do is related to intuition and self-care and finding your yes. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to intuition? Yeah, I could speak all day to intuition. Intuition. Um, So, but first maybe I'd like to speak uh, about the difference that I see between inner wisdom and intuition. Um, And inner wisdom to me is, is that whisper within yourself that inner compass of knowing your yes and your no. Um, uh, How I, I'll come back to that in one moment, but then I'll speak to intuition. Intuition is a knowing without knowing how you know. And that's different to me than that inner wisdom. But both are so super important. If, if you really are wanting to connect to life and connect to yourself and to live, like to truly live, not just exist. So your question might be, okay, so what's the difference between inner wisdom and intuition? Well, inner wisdom would be more about um, knowing your yes and your no. And you'd be like, well, how do you figure that out? How do you know it? Well, your yes, no, and pause, how it came to me. Maybe I'll explain the story of how it came to me and then how I teach it. Inner wisdom is, when I um, was two years ago on the 16th of every month, which I thought was odd, but usually that's how life is. They make it odd enough so I don't miss it. Sometimes I'm a bit thick. So on the 1st of July 16th, um, my son and uh, myself were camping and there was, beautiful day, had the bear sprayed, him and his little buddy were going to take a little bike through the campsite and I was getting it all set up and I hear a rustling behind me and I think, oh, the boys are back early and I look and uh, I look up and the boys are on the the path coming towards me, but the rustling isn't them, it's uh, a big grizzly coming right between me and the boys. And at that moment, on that 16th of July, I couldn't do anything, I couldn't spray, I couldn't yell, I couldn't say anything. I just had to stand on the picnic table and pause. And so, as you know, things, you watch it play out and you have no understanding of what's happening or what's, and you don't until after. Fast forward, a man takes the boys and, and of course they're all thinking this is super cool after the fact that they could read the, the, the number on the tag of the bear. I, however, am not thinking it's that cool because I'm still shaking from it and realized, you know what? Wow, that was super close. That was a little too close to me. You tend to brush it off. Didn't file that, file that as a, well, 
super close, don't want to do that again. Month comes by, we're on August 16th, and we're in Tofino, my son, my husband, and I, and we are uh, on the beach, and he's getting farther and farther away from me, and I'm, you know, in typical fashion, like, dude, you've got to come listen to me, come closer, come close, I've told you, dude, I've told you a couple times you're supposed to come close, that, you know, and he's like, I'm trying, mom, I'm trying, you know, I'm stomping over there, or swimming over there in a huff, and I realize we got caught in a riptide, and if you know Tofino, it was in Cox Bay, and there's the rocks, and so we couldn't swim parallel because every wave we'd be hit um, and smashed against the rocks, so there was nothing I could do. And all I could do was say to him, buddy, just hold on, just hold on. And he kept saying, mom, are we going to die? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Let's just, just hold on. Let's, the next time a big wave hits us, I'm going to go under you. And I'm going to push you and your board up. Let go of your board and go up. Just grab on and just try grab on the rocks and, and scramble up. And you don't think. You just know that's yours to do. And then um, afterwards, you get out. And to this day, I still don't know how I got out of the water. Um, but he did make it and then somehow have no memory of how I got out. You process, you shake, you probably shake for, I shook for almost two days. Then, um, on the 3rd of September, or the 16th of the September, the third month, um, still hadn't put it all together and a girlfriend had asked me to go kayaking and in my soul I knew, like, I was getting a little bit of a no, but I still didn't you know, go, ah, this is something we need to pay attention to. So it was probably one of the last best days in kayaking on the river, and I ignored everything and went for the hard yes. Get on the river, and one of our partners uh, was an older lady and had never kayaked in a river before, and she got caught into a log jam. So in my mind, I'm thinking, no problem. We'll take her out, and we'll continue on but I didn't anticipate the backflow, and so I got pinned. And um, at that time, again, you don't think, you just do, and we don't to this day know how I got the kayak off me because I was the water was coming at me with probably 1,600 pounds of force, then me, no, then the kayak, then me, and then the, the, the jam, the logs. And... Uh, as life has it, the next memory I have is, is that I'm floating down, everything's gone, everything, my kayak is somewhere, I, my, everything out of my boat is gone. And I hear in my head, okay, they're going to rescue that lady, she's going to float down here, she's in her kayak, you see that tree really that's sitting on the side, inside of the river, she's going to hit it and you are not to do anything. And if anyone knows me, that is nearly impossible to watch somebody um, suffer and have me just watch but that's what I had to do because I knew that if I went I would I would get um, caught in it as well so I had to watch her hit it get sucked under almost die get taken away by two other people and then that was my to witness you might say well why are you telling me all this Rosie and I'll say after that day, I realized that it had put all the pieces together, that on the 16th of every month, something huge had happened. And then I understood what it was that life tried or was teaching me, which is 
there is a time that you need to understand when it's yours to say yes, when it's yours to say no, and when life is saying pause. And if you don't understand that, you will not understand how to navigate life. You'll be looking for someone to give you answers. You'll be looking for your mentor. You'll be looking for your guru. And they will have the power. They will have your answers. You will have lost your GPS. But if we as a culture can start to come back to our inner wisdom, which is our knowing, our yes, our no, our pause, we can navigate almost anything. Now you might be saying, okay, so Rosie, what happened on the 16th of October? And I'll say, I was at the Bam Springs in water floating because I wanted nothing to go wrong. <laughs> and that was, and then there's a time to relax. There's ease. But again, in inner wisdom, if we know our yes, our no, our pause, there is nothing to fear because our bodies are designed to do whatever it takes to keep us safe. Because if we are not connected to our yes, no, our pause, our body will shut us down. And we will be in fear, watching on, on our nervous systems, looking to say what is, what is safe, what is not safe, and always in fight, flight, or in freeze. But if we know our, our GPS and our yes, no, pause, we can be in rest and digest. Not always, but that's one key piece that I have learned. Mm. That if I know my yes, no, and I just, how do you find it? You say, do I have to go through all these on the 16th of every month? No, no, no. But the feeling that you will feel, you will know because it's a visceral feeling. Mm. For some people, when they know their yes, it's almost like their, their chest expands. For others, when it's their no, they feel the clenching in their gut. It's paying attention to your body to know and to connect back into with your inner wisdom. And it's like you get to learn. You're teaching yourself, this is what I'm looking for. Mm. Because how can you live, how can you love, how can you listen better if you don't start with yourself? So that is finding your inner wisdom. And um, I would say that would be different than your intuition. What's beautiful about that is I always come to you because I want answers and I feel like you hold me in a warm embrace and it's, it's never, you always ask me the right questions to check back in. How does it feel? Is it right for you? Yeah. So every time you make a decision, is there a, an inner compass check-in and how do you do it to make a decision? Okay. Well, the first thing I would say is, is that it might sound daunting to start with, which is like, what, I've got to get in lotus position and ask my inner wisdom every time. I need to take a half an hour to make a simple decision of whether I'm buying bananas or apples today. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, no. It's learning to feel, what does my yes feel mm. like? Take the minute and ask yourself questions that are yes, no. And which is, and, 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 and figure out, oh, I screwed up. Oh, that I should have done, uh, I should have listened. Mm. That, was my, that was my body saying no. And having compassion with yourself because you're learning. You don't know. We've never been taught this. Mm -hmm. Or some of us have that are lucky, but most of us haven't. To trust our yes and our mm -hmm. no and our pause. Not that anyone else has the answers. How do you do it? Okay, so it's usually quite a visceral feel. Um, for some people, 
for me, when I, uh, I check in with myself, in, and I can do it now in about five seconds, I'll get a little nod. Like it's because my, my, um, my, my clairaudience, my clairsentience, my whatever it is, those, those how I see things and interpret things in life, I see it usually visually or I feel it viscerally. Other people will have a taste. I know that sounds strange. I have a 16-year-old boy we work with, and whenever he's around somebody spiritual, he will taste um, um, cedar. Mm. Like he'll have a taste of cedar in his mouth. And when somebody's lying, he'll taste smoke. And other people will smell things. Like there's no prescribed method. Everyone's looking for this one to five step program. How do I do this? It's like how you do it is by connecting by yourself with yourself and learning what is in my toolbox and how do I know myself. And it's learning your GPS. It's like, okay, so my yes may be that I see a nod. Your yes may be you feel it like almost like a, a zing from your forehead to your back, but you'll start to play with it. You're going to learn it. You're going to learn your no because experience is designed to teach you. That's beautiful. So I would say, how do you start? Start knowing and start easy. That you're going to get it, but it's going to take time. Understanding that soon it will be seconds. It's just like it's just like when you started driving, you were like, everyone in the car was white knuckling it with you as you tried to just take 10 minutes to back out of your driveway. Now, you probably do it in like seven seconds or less and nobody's white knuckling it and everyone's like, yeah, she got it and off she goes. Same with inner wisdom. Mm -hmm. Intuition, however, is a bit different. For me, intuition is, it is knowing without knowing how you know. Mm -hmm. It's like, how did I know that phone was gonna ring? Some people might call that psychic, some people call it intuition. I call it, I, I like to call it something completely different, which is extrasensory perception. How do you know without knowing how you know? And that's a whole nother area we could talk about for hours about how do you start to connect to your intuition? Hmm. So the first thing would be your inner wisdom and your inner GPS. That is the biggest, because then you can say to yourself, okay, intuition is is uh, is this correct and you'll be like yeah no I'm just making this up <laughs> and the other part is yeah no this is it you're on the right track carry on carry mm. on carry on and so intuition is a little bit of clairvoyance clairaudience clairsentience it's about just paying attention to that next level mm. my curiosity there lies so with you and the work that you do is it to help people become more aware of their inner knowing, their yeses, their noes, their pause? Yes, it, that's exactly what I'm, I want to do is I want to teach people how to connect back to themselves. Because otherwise, it's always that they're uncertain in life. Mm -hmm. they, li they live in a state of fear. Fear of making the wrong decision. Fear of not being safe. Fear, fear, fear. And fear shuts down, as we know, every system every organ and why would I want to live like that mm. I can start to learn how to be at ease in life mm. living life paying attention to myself and then that brings in you know what okay so 
I, I have my inner wisdom, I have my yes, no, then what? Then, then fear comes. How do I deal with fear? Okay? Then the next thing we teach is emotional systems. How do you connect with your emotional system? Which is different than being emotional. Mm. And so many of us don't even understand the difference. The difference being an emotional system is simple. It's, it's like a respiratory system. If I were to say to you, don't breathe, you would die. If I say to you, don't feel, everyone's like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I'm being over-emotional. No, no, no. Your emotional system is there for a purpose. It is to assist you to understand and process what has come at you in life. And so I would say the next section after inner wisdom and intuition, which we didn't go into intuition too much because that's such a big topic. If you're interested, we could talk about that another time. But the two things that I would really want to know to explain is inner wisdom and emotional systems. Emotional system, if you understand that it is a system that is here to assist you, it is not a weakness. It is not something that is um, here to harm you or to cause you pain. It is here to assist you to process, full stop. Hmm. Just like smelling bacon is part of, of, of the system to help you with the digestion because then the, the, the glands in the mouth start to water and you start to get ready. If I were to tell you, you walk into at my, my house in breakfast and I say to you, oh yeah, Erin, I'm cooking bacon, but don't smell. You'd be like, uh-huh, well, how does that work? It does not work. There's mm -hmm. no way it's gonna work. Same with emotions. If someone says, oh, stop being so emotional. Really? How am I supposed to stop a system that's here mm -hmm. to support me? I can't. I need to learn how to use this system. I need to understand that it's here to serve me, not as something that is out to make me feel pain or weakness. No. Because if I know my yes, no, and I no longer wish to live in fear, if fear does come, or trauma does come, I need to know how to process mm -hmm. it. So that's the work that I do. And you might ask yourself, okay, well, how do I even work with an emotional system? And I would say, well, emotional systems are in the body, and in science, we love quantifiable, measurable outcomes. However, the emotional system is not neatly organized. Mm -hmm. And so scientists will say, well, you know, I, I didn't get, the, like, it's, the, the experiment is unrepeatable. Well, of course, because you've got two different people with totally different inputs, and you haven't even brought in core beliefs yet which means a completely different system. So here we are. The emotional system is interfacing with the outside experiences and we're trying to process them so that our nervous system has an ability to process what has just happened. How does it do? Through the vagus nerve or the wandering, the wandering nerve. It's wondering, is this safe? What should we do? Do we trigger fight flight? Do we trigger rest and digest, or do we go straight to the freeze option? And so many people, I find, fail to live because they don't know these two things. Simple, simple, simple. 
Mm-hmm. So they shut down everything and they numb everything. They make sure that they are like, I'm moving forward. Don't need to feel, don't need to sense, don't need to hear. That's okay. But that doesn't mean you're going to feel the fullness of life. Mm. What a beautiful way to put it. I've often heard emotions, it, the word translates as to emote, so to move. Yeah. So we have to move stuff in the body. Yeah. And that whole concept that like your, your biography is your biology, like it lives in your skin. And you often see people with ailments in the body and how it might manifest. And it could be emotions that get stuck. A lot of times, you know, what we're looking, so if we're looking at the emotional system as a system, the question would be then, how are emotions stored in the body? Mm -hmm. I'd love to know. And so, um, a a lot of work done with um, uh, science now is looking at fascia. And one would ask, what is the fascia? Fascia is the interconnected... um, Come on now, interconnective, connective layer in the body that is part of the uh, joints, your muscles, your bones, your your blood vessels. Is it encases you throughout your entire body? I've heard it said it's like a saran wrap. Mm-hmm. But if you've experienced some trauma and you can't process it, and trauma can mean something different for every single person. Trauma could be I just had a dental appointment, or trauma could mean. Um, I was just raped or I witnessed my, you know, my father fall and it could be anything, but if your body doesn't know how to process something in that moment, it is so compassionate that it will take it and store it. Mm. And what they say now is, and, and again, science hasn't researched this completely. So this is what we go with today, but we know that it is stored somewhere in the body. What they're saying is fascia. So let's go with fascia. So it's stored in the fascia and it's, it is allowing you to still move forward in life and not be completely mentally shut down because of an emotion you don't know how to process or cannot process in this moment. Um, you know, I've had lots of examples of that in, in, with work here. And I would say some of the biggest ones where where there's been um, shootings, where there's been a witness of, say, the Vegas shooting when they come here, they, they, are, they can't sleep, they can't, they can't eat, they can't do anything because all their systems have shut down. So what we do is, let's help you to process this emotion. Hmm. Let's, let's let you see, where, do you, where are you holding that in your body? Scan your body, let's see. But it might be something for when you were a child. And in which case we use, okay, let's see where your inner child, let's see what is he doing. Never do we tell that inner child what to do. We always ask, what does this child need? What do you need? How can I support you? And let's see what comes up. And that's, that goes into, if we understand that our emotional system is here to assist us, we don't have to avoid it and try and pretend like it doesn't exist. We need to come back to it as it's coming up mm-hmm. and deal. And a lot of times what we'll see, what we'll see is um, within the emotional system is three levels. The initial trauma, we'll see exhaustion, confusion, numbness, disassociation, agitation, sadness, right? Fair. But then if we haven't been able to process it, it may go into a delayed 
trauma, which is fatigue, disorders, um, sleep disorders, nightmares, depression. But when I get them referred to me from psychologists, psychiatrists, and doctors, it, then we're seeing uh, comes out as a physical issue or maybe even a disease. And so what we're doing is, okay, what's holding here? What's holding in the tissue? Because if everything is just energy, it's just like a radio frequency, it just holds in the tissue. Okay, what needs to be released? Let it go. Hmm. Then we see the frozen shoulder release. Then we see the sleep issues disappear. We see, and it's not a magic pill, it's a process. It's you connecting back to your body because your body's oil light is on saying, pay attention to me. So we pay attention. It's something that popped up for me when you were saying that is, I think it's Jack Cornfield, and he says, compassion is incomplete if it doesn't include you. And when I hear you speak, it's like, you are your own best friend. You're the person that you, that you needed all along to nurture this person and to say, it's okay, but we can get through this. Exactly. And um, loving kindness to mm-hmm. self is, is the greatest gift you can give yourself to, to start to understand and to, to practice listening to self. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, it's not just okay. I got to get out there. I've got to. I've got to fix this. I've got to figure this out. It, it is. It, it is like uh, the, there's a quote from the urban shaman, and she says that um, I thought my body was a vehicle for my mind. Feed it, clothe it, and send it to Harvard. For many of us, the body is a feared enemy whose instincts, impulses, hungers are to be conquered, tamed, trained for service, and beaten into submission. But we need to bring it back. We need to bring back the areas of ourselves that are disconnected. And and that to me is what I would wish for everyone is that I don't have your answers. Mary down the road doesn't have your answers. That's this journey of life and being human is your experience. It's the greatest, as my sister says, you are your bet, you are your soulmate connect back and then that yes no pause becomes more easy because I'm my soulmate it's all about you it's all about you and your yes no pause knows that the the um, uh, what's greatest for me is greatest for everyone because a lot of times we get hooked up and we've been taught no I can't say yes or I can't say no because that will hurt you know Joe's feelings Mm -hmm. And I really have to be careful not to hurt anyone. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. But then who pays? But that doesn't mean that you go around as a narcissist. Because when you are listening to yourself, you're also part of a greater. You are part of a collective. You're not just solo in this journey. We're all part of this. So if I honor myself and my yes, I am going to trust that that's the experience that Joe needed. I'm not being cruel. I am honoring what I need and I trust life because life supports life. Full stop. Law of nature. And if you look in nature, nature supports nature. Always. Everything is recycled. How are we any different? Mm. Life supports life. So with that trust, I know I can trust my inner wisdom. Will I have to learn in the beginning? Yes, of course. Will I have to understand my emotional system and start to understand how it works and not shame it? 
and to play with it, to understand, oh, those core beliefs trigger that emotional system. Oh, I need to look at what my core beliefs are. Oh, this came in and I just started to react. Oh, I'm going to have some loving kindness with that. Knowing that that re-triggered from an old trauma when I was raped. Not that I was raped, but as a client, you know? And how, how we do that, that is the beauty. Because when we are in love with self and have full self-compassion, great. Does it mean I never screw up? Oh, God, no. My family will tell you a lot of the screw-ups I have, but I am committed to myself to come back to the table and say, it's all right, we're human, having a human experience, I'm here to learn. Beautiful. And how do you stay uh, on top of your self-care game? What do you do so that you rest well and live well and love well? You're looking for a formula, aren't you? (laughs) Yes, could I have it? A pill would be nice. (laughs) Take it with my one-a-day vitamin. No, there is no formula. Okay. There's no formula. That's the beauty of this. It's for so long I tried to figure out what's the formula. I've got to have 8 a.m., 5.30 I'm doing my meditation, 7 o'clock I'm doing my yoga. And for some people, that's it. That's beautiful, and it works, and it's beautiful for them. But that doesn't mean that that's for me. And that was, that was one of the hardest and still is one of the hardest lessons for me because I like order and I like routine because it makes me feel what? Safe. Well, what if I don't get up every morning at 5.30? Then I might have, I might have pooched this all and then I'm out. I, I'm not connected to self and I'm, I'm done. It doesn't work that way. Yes, the goal is to connect through meditation through breath work, through moving body, through listening to self. Absolutely. But are you as a person going to find it yourself? Yes. Mm. Is it going to be a season of Qigong? Yeah, it is. But then again, Sarah down the road, it may be meditation, then yoga, then Qigong, all in one morning. There's no prescribed method that like saying that would be like saying every tree in the valley has to be a pine tree impossible mm-hmm. not even good for our environment so what do i use is maybe what you're asking as well is i have tools that i will take moments when i start to feel emotional emotional different than my emotional system i will feel the emotion of a situation And I will sit with it and realize, whoa, 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 Rosie, pay attention. Don't stuff this. Don't ignore this. Let's listen. Let's listen. Take the minute. And over the years, I'm getting better. My husband laughs at me. He says, Rosie, you're like an emotional Jedi. And we just laugh because I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. But I'm going to take it as a compliment. And so within... You know, some emotions are really simple to process. I'm like, ah, I know what that is. Okay. And it takes me 30 seconds, Mm. and I can reply. Some things, if it triggers old trauma, may take me two and a half days, and half my journal, and half the forest, and all of my essential oils. (laughs) Right? It is is what is called for in this moment. Mm. I will meet what comes up. 
I won't go digging up something that's dead. I will meet what is brought up by life. And that's the difference. Now, I do have one other comment about emotions and emotional, which is sometimes uh, I will ask myself, is this my emotion? Because we are a collective group of energies, I can feel other people's energy. Science has shown that there is a mirrored neuron in the back of the brain called, uh, called and it, the, the symptom is a uh, form of synesthesia that allows somebody to feel another person's feels emotions. I believe everyone has that access. Some, it, it, because of the mirrored neuron, becomes super easy. For me, I may be one of those people who it's super easy for me to feel another person's emotion. But the challenge in that is knowing whether it's mine or not. Because I can be sitting downstairs in my chair and I'll be fine, fine, fine. Someone walks in and I'll just be like high anxiety, want to cry. Like, what just happened? Or I walk into a party and all of a sudden I just feel angry. And I'm like, I was fine 10 minutes ago in the car. Why am I angry now? Hmm. And it's asking myself and using my GPS and tools, saying, okay, reader, let's, let's play with this for a minute. Let's be curious. Is, is this mine? And the answer will be no. Is this mine to carry? No. All right. Then I release it. If I get it's mine to do, mine to do, I will say, yes, okay, what needs to be done here? Just go stand beside that person, please. Okay, that's the most loving, kind thing I can do. I can share that energy. I can sh share my energy. Or it might be, just go ask them how they're doing. Or a thought will slip into my head. Something funny, I'll go and say something to them, right? It doesn't always have to be, I'm here to save your soul. It's, uh, I can bring lightness, right? But it's listening to that your own knowing, hmm. your own intuition, which drops in pictures, which gives you feelings, which gives you direction, and your inner wisdom, your yes, no. Now, the third thing is, is it mine, is it another's, or is this epigenetics? Mm -hmm. And again, we know... Others can be synesthesia, or it can be learned. Epigenetics, science of the cell. I mean, it, it, it's, it's so fascinating, the research that they're doing, the experiments they are doing. But we're living experiments right now. I don't, I don't need to go down into California and have them research my brain. I can tell you right now, I can just ask myself, is this, a, is this something I've inherited? Yes, it is. All right, what does it need? Is it mine to untwist? I'd prefer it be my sister's. <laughs> right? So those are all little variables to look at when you're looking at the emotional system. Mm. But again, a lot of people will, will shut off those emotional systems because there's a fear of it not being safe. Mm. And you've been trained not to feel. And there's shame in being weak or perceived weak. It's just unlearning that, right? Mm -hmm. Something that you said a while back, which really struck a chord with me, is 
in the forest, uh, seeds fall off a tree and they bloom at different times. Mm -hmm. And the trees don't compare themselves with height and smell and color and length of birth and death. And so this is like a nice warm hug to say, you're on your own path. Mm -hmm. Love yourself deeply and get to know yourself really well. Yeah, and it's, it, it doesn't have to be this painful experience of releasing your emotions and trauma from childhood. It can be super playful and fun. And yet at times it can be painful. Fair. Mm-hmm. As I explain it to a client, it's, it's, a, it's, it's like if your body has sustained an injury, it can compensate for a season. And, and then you, you sustain another physical injury. And of course, the body can sustain a little bit more. But take a third, take a fourth, take a fifth, and slowly you're going to see, oh, sweet Jesus, my head, or oh, my low back, or oh, my shoulder just won't move. Okay, fair. Fair. The body can compensate for a season. The same is true with your emotional system. You can take a hit. You can take a couple of hits. You can compensate. You can compensate for years until you can't compensate anymore. And then you'll start to see physical issues, you'll start to see emotional issues, you'll start to see, and it's just ease. And un, just like you would go to a chiropractor or you would go to a physio or you'd go to an osteo, let's realign this. Same with the emotional body. Let's just have you, or if you need a body worker who does some emotional work, let's just get you realigned so that the, 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 the emotions can release because it's just energy. I'm curious about your favorite book at the moment. Well, <laughs> that's a good one. Okay, one of my favorite books is called The Hidden Life of Trees. And it's it just about how um, trees feel and how they communicate. And it's written um, by Peter, um, I'm going to butcher his name, but it's Wolleben, Wolleben, W-O-H-L-L-E-B-E-N. And it's discoveries from the secret world. And I just, I loved it so much because my other favorite book, which is also nonfiction, is called Phenomenon. And it's uh, the U.S. history of um, psychic spies. Just saying, a really good book. But a little deep. Um, and in one of the experiments in there, they, uh, one of the scientists had um, put uh, lie detector nodes on a plant to see if there was any uh, fluctuation. And what they noticed is when he came at it with fire, that the, the, um, the radar started to go off the charts. And so he started to want to do more research about how plants feel. And so I found it super fascinating in that if, if that's what the US government is researching or was researching because that that whole section has been finished. I just find it fascinating that if trees can feel and sense, why are we not looking at it for ourselves? Mm. And, and just the understanding of how the emotional system works in so many areas. That's that's um, it's so fascinating how trees communicate through like their interconnectedness and through their root systems and. And how and what what they can measure in science of a per millimeter as a minute of of how far they can communicate and how long it takes them to communicate disease is coming. I'm like, 
wow, there's actually a system for that. And it just showed my ignorance. Yeah. I love my ignorance being shown up. <laughs> That's beautiful. Now, those are my nonfiction. Now, my all-time favorite book, Wow, that, that's a fiction? That's a hard one. Um, let's just say right now, it would be The Help. I know it's an old one, but I love it so much because it shows, again, people's ignorance and people's compassion. Mm. And we, we are two sides of the same coin. M- most people want to do well, but they are taught uh, to be ignorant. Mm. I remember there's this one scene in that book where the girl, the little girl that is getting babysat doesn't think she's beautiful. Aww. Oh, I was thinking of that as well. Were you? Use beautiful, use important. And so I say to myself, if that was so key to teach from of all the things that this wonderful woman could teach a little girl, how much more can we realize that we need to do that for ourselves. Mm. What's yeah. important? And your favorite quote. Oh, can I have two? Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> no, can I have five? No, I can. <laughs> I'm greedy. <laughs> okay, so um, my first quote is from John Muir, who is, in my opinion, na- a nature mystic. And he says, keep close to nature's heart and break clear away once in a while. Climb a mountain or spend a week in the woods. Wash your spirit clean. Mm. I love that because there is nothing more important of a tool than being in nature. I mean, now they're starting to see the research behind it, the forest bathing in Japan, the nature fix books where the research is being done. But we've already known that, right? First thing that I do when I'm having a day is See y'all later. I'll be back in two hours and head for the back 40. Um, That is one of my favorite quotes. The second would be with Einstein. Um, It it is two quotes by Einstein that says, I have no special talents. I am only passionately curious. And to me, that gives us so much freedom. I don't need to know. I don't need to understand. I don't need to figure out quantum fit, uh, the quantum entanglement theory. Well, I, 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 I just, I know that I'm just passionately curious about what is happening. Mm. The, I'm trying to get all my quotes in here. Sorry, man. Um, <laughs> the other quote by Einstein is the only real valuable thing is intuition. Ah. And so that, my sister's quote, which is life supports life. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, that is my greatest mantra is mm. life supports life, so why am I afraid? If everything that is being done is here to support me, why am I being afraid? And if I am, then I look back to my inner wisdom and my emotional systems using whatever intuition I have, whether it's clairvoyance, mediumship, um, remote viewing, distance, whatever it is, sight, smell, hear, sound, knowing, whatever, mm-hmm. I will use it. I love that. Mm-hmm. It also makes me feel or brings up the image of like a beginner's mind. Mm. Like stay excited, stay young, yes. stay youthful. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And stay curious. Yeah, I love at it. At all, all, all cost. But 
what makes us um, dull is fear and, and, and needing safety. Because mm-hmm. we don't realize we're already safe. Preach. What's the worst that can happen? We die. But then, but then do we, but does, is, is that the end? Yeah. So that just becomes more of a question. Yeah. <laughs> and then my last question to you is your favorite song. Okay, well, you know how hard it is for me just to pick one. So for today, I'm going to say my favorite song is Jason Mraz's Look for the Good. Um, I, I love it because he, he talks about everyone is carrying some kind of pain. And life would be so much sweeter if we could just look for the good, especially in ourselves. And the, the other part that I, the other line that he says is that is like we've forgotten our superpower, which is love, not hate. And that we can celebrate our mistakes because we're human. And if we could be kind to ourselves, love ourselves, and look for the good, life will and is sweeter. So that is why I like for today, uh, look for the good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you are a very busy woman Mm -hmm. and we are so blessed to hear you speak. Thank you for having me. And how, where could we find you? Uh, besides the forest? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, if anyone, uh, had wanted, um, the website is rosereader.com. But unfortunately, we're, I'm not taking any new clients right now, but what I am starting to offer in the fall, or perhaps even August, will be an online course in your inner wisdom, your intuition, remote viewing, distant healing, um, so many in your clairvoyance, so many different layers, um, and it's either going to be in person and or on Zoom. So you can, if you're not in the valley, then you can take that if that's something that you're interested in. If not, I know that you will find exactly what is needed for you to connect back to your soul and yourself. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, and I can highly recommend anything Rosie does. Whenever I feel like a muggle, someone who doesn't believe in magic, I spend time with Rosie, and I am reminded of the beauty and miracles that we are surrounded by. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate it and subscribe. Thank you once again for listening, and I hope you feel a little more connected to your internal yes.